This is the Cultural Fluency Podcast with Angèle Preto, the French coach, that's me. And today in episode number 10, recorded on Christmas Eve 2021, I am with Imani Ustawi, whose name means faith and prosperity in Swahili, which is very fitting since you are an ordained minister, in addition to being an expert in clearing shame, unworthiness, uh, breaking addictive cycles, sexual trauma and healing, healing ancestral wounds and repartnering family relationships. Wow huge program so can you please introduce introduce yourself for the people who have never heard of you yes thank you so much for that introduction <laughs> that was beautiful hi everyone i am amani Stoy, as angel said and yeah i've been in the healing space for over a decade in the mental health and substance abuse space for that long as well and my personal recovery and journey started when I was about 16, 17 years old. So mm -hmm. now obviously we continue to heal. I continue to heal and to, you know, be with whatever may arise, but I am gifted with the ability to teach from where I once was to help other people and to support them. And through God, through Christ, through the power of that, and it's a blessing, truly. It is it's what gets me up in the morning and keeps me moving. Right. Thank you. Well, that is so interesting to me and like to my French mind, because this is called cultural fluency. So the whole point is to, you know, rub cultures against each other and see how they can talk to each other and, and learn from each other. To my French mind, I'm like an old minister and an expert in healing sexual trauma. There's, like, there's mm. something there that I can't put together. Uh, I don't know if in the US it's mm. normal, but it just, I don't know. How do you become an old minister and also an expert in well healing all those wounds and particularly sexual trauma yeah i mean like that's what christ also did so it's not that that abstract really mm -hmm. um i think that there's been a lot of separation um and a lot of like compartmentalization and that's kind of what you just spoke to like oh this is supposed to be for this and this is supposed right. to be for that but like truly and living from whatever, like we could be in a room filled with 10 ministers and like their reason for being a minister and their reason and their work and their mission is gonna be completely different. So mm -hmm. what my mission is and my work is, is to be able to work with those people who have had traumas, like familial trauma, um, dysfunctional family, sexual trauma, be it by a family member or be it in childhood or older, and that's just what like God tasked me to the people that God tasked me to work with and through working through that and like being in those valleys myself. So for me, it just like makes sense in myself um, that those two things go together and also more like there's more that's always revealed to me. So it's not like I'm just in this box as well, mm -hmm. um, but I'm here to be a conduit for the healing that's needed. And it's not me healing people, um, but right. me showing up to be present. So. I, I see I see I'm just thinking what yeah. would happen if you would arrive in France one day and you start <laughs> to try to explain this to the French I'm like, wait <laughs> because you yeah. know, it's, a, it's a country that has a, first a very strong anti-religion sentiment and for the few people who are religious uh, most of them would be Catholic although we do have a minority of Muslims and you know other religious minorities uh, but when we think of religion we think of Catholicism and just the country as like, I think they have a whole amount of like wounds to heal around that. So like, wow, that, that would be something if it would put you in touch with a typical French person. I, I do not consider myself a typical French person. For one thing, I live abroad. 
Uh, but that's, that is so interesting. So you're not the one healing people. How do you help people concretely? Yeah, I, I really, I mean, hopefully that's what everyone is saying. And I really believe that's what gets us out of like the guru codependency cycle. And I just uh -huh. made that up, but it makes complete sense. <laughs> um, and thinking that someone else is doing the healing for you. And it's not, I think that we, we all can have gifts as long as we've like spent that time really being able to like uh, get past our human um, disposition and dysfunction to be able to get mm -hmm. into our spiritual gifts and what we're here to do and also using our human. And so um, in that, hold on one second. I literally just lost my train of thought. Will you ask me again? Uh, how do you help people concretely? Like if someone comes to you oh, me. with trauma, yeah, yeah. Well, how yeah. do you okay. work with that? Okay. You asked it in a way that was like, me being the one who's doing the healing and so when people do I'll ask the question from how I just heard you um right. so when people come to me they'll come to me in different ways like I worked in treatment and substance abuse so people would find me through that avenue or mm -hmm. they would find me online um or in person because I used to travel before the pandemic I used to travel all over and do workshops and healings right. and things like that um and now people find me from like they can find me online or they just find me from where I am. I really believe in local community and I also love the ability to reach out globally. Um, but there mm -hmm. is power in being able to impact the community in which you geographically live in as well. Right. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Like how do you work with the local community and how do you balance global outreach and working with mm -hmm. a very global community? Like from a cultural fluency perspective, it's so interesting. Yeah, I will honestly say that a lot has changed for me, um, like 2017 to 2019. And even in the beginning of 2020, like I had this mm -hmm. from March all the way up into December, this very like full schedule of travel with workshops and speaking. And that's what I did before that time to speak and stuff. And so I always had workshops in my home, like, or at right. local healing places. So people mm -hmm. always had somewhere to come in to me wherever I was. And so here in this here and now, in this iteration of how God has me to move my medicine, it's that I work alongside um, nonprofit organizations that work within social health and social health is the other component of health when it comes to being able to bring community and connections to be able to support in death of despair. So I work alongside those. I'm on like boards of those. So I'm really like, I'm really truly within my community um, mm -hmm. and being able to partner with other nonprofits that are here. And then also allowing people to access me at a rate that is accessible. So that's right. another way that I do it locally. And then globally, it's that when people find me, I say, yes, as long as it's like they are ready for the, the healing work that comes with working with me. And it seems like it's a good alignment for both of us. And so, yeah, my website is amanirestored.com and mm -hmm. that's what I do. And if there are um, organizations that I work with that are more like global outreach, then I work with those as well. But I really yeah. am here to be of service and on mission. And so just I'm ready <laughs> Which right. is the way that I'll answer that is like I'm ready I'm ready to go I'm ready to say yes I'm ready to discern I'm ready to to be be present so you make it work yeah. no matter the the circumstances basically whether it's online or real life stuff you just make it work would you say there's yeah a... if it's yeah go ahead 
if it's aligned like i'm not just uh-huh. like out here as a martyr like saying yes to right, everyone it's like course. if it truly is aligned and it feels right for both of us then that or all of us because i work with groups and couples and stuff like that as mm-hmm. well and so but yeah it's it's been amazing to see i mean i've worked with people in bali i've worked with people in like colombia and like all of these different countries and it's beautiful to be able to see that like no matter where we are in the world no matter what language we speak that when we meet in the container that which is set when we're together like it like the healing and the power and what's to come through surpasses all of that all time space language barriers all of those things oh i have so many questions in my head right now i will try to hold them all because i like it's mentioned like three different directions like i have to ask about this one Okay, language, because that's, I mean, I'm a French coach uh, for English speakers, mostly. I mean, I, I work in English and I, and I work online as well. So I have a question for like, is it different for you to work in real life versus working online? I've, I've worked in real life mm. ages ago, but not anymore. I've worked exclusively online yeah. now with people who are halfway across the globe most of the time uh, and in so many countries. So I want to know how you do that. But also, I want to like go on the, the language path. Like, is there other languages that you speak? Do you also speak Swahili? I know that your name is Swahili. <laughs> no. Oh, let me just too tell, bad. Let me, let, me take, let me take a side note. All right. Um, so Kwanzaa, we're like, we're getting in, we're in the season of Kwanzaa. And on the second day of Kwanzaa, um, culturally, we had the privilege and right to change our names from our slave masters' given names. Uh-huh. And so in that, I took on this new name, which means faith prosperity. So it's like, wherever I walk, wherever I go, whenever I speak, this is the energy in which I'm moving in. And this is what I'm right. claiming. And I no longer identify with the name that I was given. So that's, and it's all based in like true African culture and customs. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to, for the name to be that. And so that's what that is. I speak English. And so when I say language barriers, it's like, People are also speaking English, but it may be through like a thick accent. And it also Uh may be through these like cultural things. I remember last year being on this, like I was speaking for this group that was people all over the world. And so one girl was like, "Um, this goes against like my religious beliefs. And so it's like how to meet people where they are, you know, um, with what they believe. It's I'm not trying to cram anything down anybody's throat or make them believe anything. I really believe in living as an example and as attraction over promotion or like, you mm-hmm. know, um, trying to force people to do stuff. But yeah, that's, that's what I meant when I, when I said like the language piece, it also was like the right. culture piece, which I know is you really speak to and know about. And Absolutely. That's like, French it's piece. right up, right on <laughs> my alley. I mean, I'm, I'm creating yeah. a, a program for learning French and also I have this scholarship program where like I give away mm-hmm. well, I mean, I would say we give away because it's one-to-one basis. So for each person who joins mm-hmm. the program, I also give a scholarship to one student anywhere in the world. And we have this really varied community as a result. And so I can so relate to that. Like I, I break my head all day, like wondering, okay, like how to make sure that I'm not going to be disrespectful to any of the cultures that are involved. And also that mm-hmm. other people are not going to inadvertently be disrespectful because it's not like they mean to. Uh, but mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I have people from Africa, from Asia, most of my um, one-to-one clients are from North America, no US and Canada. And it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's something I think about uh, a lot. So yeah, I'm happy to discuss that. <laughs> Very happy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like how, would you say that your work is fundamentally different if it's online versus if it's in person or is it fundamentally the same work? Yeah, I mean, when I think about that, 
and the work that I'm doing right now the only difference is is that like I can't physically accompany someone you know uh-huh. or physically soothe someone right and so it's really what's what's happening that's really miraculous through online is seeing how like I was never truly needed to like have to console someone when I put like, when I trust that they truly do have what they need, Mm -hmm. that we can move through these really tough, highly emotional spaces. And that like my presence and like the spiritual support that I bring in and like their ability and capability, like they, they, it's, they're totally safe and it's fine. And I think that that was probably like my biggest concern was like, how do I accompany people through these big emotional experiences when I'm not physically there? Cause that was like, most of my training was like physical accompaniment mm-hmm. and physical, yeah. like being able to physically soothe. And it just blew me away to where it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually. It's just the energy, right? <laughs> it, you don't need yeah. to physically touch the person. Although it might be a better anchor if you're physically touching them, but if you, the energy is there and you have the intention, like it's also what I do with, well, more like what my hypnotherapist does with me. Uh, she's on mm-hmm. the episode one of this podcast and she's in the UK. I've never actually met her. I'm in Austria. Mm. And, uh, but we've been working together for three years and it's incredible the work that we do together. And like you, she said that she does not really, she does not heal and that I'm the one mm-hmm. doing the work. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've had so many issues in my life with therapists or uh, doctors or whatever. Like my, my track record with med- the medical establishment is appalling. And I'm just really happy. Like, it's exceptional to find someone who's able to do this work. And, and I find that it works online. Um, yeah. It's better to have someone who's competent online than to have someone who's not as competent, but next to you. That's really clearly. And I'm, I'm, that very, is, will, that's very I'm willing to pay for it. Like, I feel blessed that I, you know, I am now able to afford uh, the care that mm-hmm. I need, uh, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to getting free stuff. Because, I mean, in Europe, we get a lot of, of uh, free health care, uh, but it's only mean it's good unfortunately that's uh, that's mm. the difference especially for everything mental therapy uh, it's uh sometimes it does more bad than good so mm. yeah it's really important to keep that in mind so i'm really glad that we get to speak about that yeah yeah i'm very happy that you have the resources that you need and it does also break my heart that though there is free healthcare and resources it, it isn't competent or like yeah the quality isn't appropriate for the needs of the people i mean it depends like if <clears throat> for emergency care they are absolutely mm-hmm. amazing emergency physical care great like if you if you get run over by a car if you survive the first one hour you probably will survive forever mm-hmm. but uh, not forever obviously but like <laughs> forever <laughs> eternal life <laughs> that's not what i mean <laughs> but yeah, they are they are they are excellent at. I mean, it's what modern science is excellent at. Like they are very good at emergency. They are not so good at everything chronic illness or uh, psychological or mental or um, energetic illness. If they, they, I mean, they scoff if you say energy in front of them. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So how like free healthcare or like or like social healthcare? Unfortunately, does not solve most of these problems. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems, I mean, congruent with here as well. It's like, even though we don't have like total free healthcare yet, I'm going to say yet, because I want mm-hmm. us to be able to have that. Um, yeah. That physic- like the symptoms and also the crisis situations are great, but it's then the underlying, right? Because that's right. what keeps things chronic, like the underlying, the social health aspect, mm-hmm. the mental health aspect and the yes. emotional health. 
So it's it's great that there are then alternatives and people who are doing that, but I'm looking forward to that being like a, a gap that's bridged where they all are under the same umbrella and all of the same quality and respected and, the same. And speaking the same language and not looking down on each other. Because mm -hmm. it's a problem that we have with, with healthcare. I mean, yeah. Like like I mean, I'm kind of I'm not grateful for the healthcare I received because it was a train wreck, like I was misdiagnosed mm -hmm. and so on. Um, mm -hmm. but at least I don't have debt. Like that's the thing I think about. Like if I if all that mess had happened to me in the US, I would probably have a pile of medical debt. So that's yeah. that. But yeah, like I wish I hadn't lost years of my life in that mess. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I worked at um a queer centered, and I mean it was queer based treatment mm -hmm. facility for people that were transitioning either it was M to F or F to M. And right. so we did hormone therapy for them. Mm -hmm. And also in that, it was also mental health stabilization. So it right. was always like we had to, which I, I'm like, I'm saying this because there is something that the, the world at large, mental health care workers at large, psychiatrists, medical doctors need to also understand that mm -hmm. as these clients were doing the hormonal therapy they were also getting their psych meds adjusted and changed to be able to right. actually be appropriate for them and then also any well, additional supplements and but what i love that we did is that we really believed in the holistic approach mm -hmm. of it all so we had a psychiatrist that really did like natural supplementation along right. with like the psych meds along with like the hormonal and that was I'm like, you know, there's a lot of controversy with all of that, but I'm like, it's not up to us to decide. This is mm -hmm. what every single, like, I feel I want everyone to be able to have this approach where it is right. total care. And so that's just like an example of like within the queer community. And I'm like, just again, pitching that I want this to like, it's a whole picture of health. It's a whole, it's a total right. picture of health. That sounds yeah. like Wonderland to me. <laughs> we, just, we, we don't have that like it's not a thing it's like the the, the psych meds are on one side looking down yeah. on the natural health who's trying to do what they can but they're absolutely not respected and the psych meds are they think they're the or like the doctors in general they think they're the only one mm -hmm. who have degrees uh they don't even consider the training of the others to even exist and mm. there's a there's a thing with this free healthcare situation well like sponsored public healthcare situation is that mm -hmm. they it's like they anoint some branches uh, and look down on others because basically as soon as something is not paid by by the state healthcare because they just decide that they're not going to pay that so anything natural is not paid for example um, mm -hmm. then these are things that people tend to look down upon as well because we think that if it was really needed or if it worked we would get it paid by the social yeah. security and it takes a lot of thinking to get out of this mindset where basically, I mean, I'm not very convinced that everything that is paid for is paid for because of lobbies. Like there are right. lobbies that are very powerful and they can get their way and they can get their, their substances paid for by the state healthcare. Mm -hmm. And well, you know, like you're not going to get a, a lobby of St. John's Worth uh, fighting against antidepressant or, or mm -hmm. even fighting with antidepressant. Like, no, it's not going to happen. It's always going to be like, medication and yeah like it's yeah. 
I don't have a solution. Yeah. I don't know I where know this conversation is going, but I just feel like I, I have to run to someone. I love, <laughs> I love that this is happening. And I love that. And what I want to say to you is that like, it may like, it may feel like, you know, like we're on this, like we're here having this insulated conversation. And I want you to know being a part of like this, this field, like social health, med- Medicare, medical health and mental health, that these have been conversations that like, the doctors, the psychiatrists, all yeah. of these people have been having. So these are active conversations that are going right. on. And this, the facility that I was telling you about is the only one that's here. And like the message is getting spread. So it's mm-hmm. like, this is just like a microcosm but of the separation. Yes. Yeah. It's of, of like, but what we're talking about though, is like a microcosm of the separation that's been intricate in our societies forever. Right. So it's just in mm-hmm. this way, we can see it. And so what we're tasked with is like being able to open up our eyes, our perspective and be more inclusive, right? And we can see that in so many different areas of life. And that's what this is. And so when more doctors, more physicians, more psychiatrists, more um, naturopaths are like, hey, actually, we don't have to be like, this is the way we can actually join forces Mm -hmm. to actually take the full holistic approach for people then the people who actually like create the laws create like what's exclusionary what's not exclusionary get with the insurance companies like then it can be brought and so this is a huge conversation and it is happening Mm -hmm. and how long it's going to take i don't know um but it enlivens me to know that these are conversations on like the level in which like the people who are needing to make the change for us right Right. us people who are receiving the care and they're also receiving the care too um so yeah it's it's happening it's happening it's happening it's all right happening. great crossing fingers knocking on wood uh <laughs> hearing you speak i feel like okay it's just one of those things that has just started in the u.s now and in 10 to 20 years it's going to trickle down in europe there's there's this thing like <laughs> people say it as a joke um mm. but uh it is absolutely actually true that it takes i mean i think now it's more 10 years it used to be 20 years for everything that starts in the u.s to arrive in europe and it's good wow. thing and also bad things. So, for example, a couple of years ago, we started having terror attacks, mm. which you had 20 years ago with 9-11. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like the issues with obesity are now at the kind of level in Europe that they were in the U.S. like 15, 20 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's bad things like that, but also good things uh, for like when a theory that's, you know, promising uh, emerges in the U.S., it takes 20, 10, yeah, 10 to 20 years for it to be translated and arrive here. And for example, one thing that I've noticed is that I, I study Hellenistic astrology. I think it's an amazing thing. I didn't believe in astrology until I was 35. I had, I was like, I mean, I think I'm still the biggest skeptic that exists. Uh, it's just that at the time, up until age 35, no one had managed to show me astrology in a way that I would understand it. And then it, ha- it happened. Marianne Altman showed it uh, to me. I mean, well, because... I found her on TikTok. She's actually on, I think, episode two on this podcast. I'm really happy I get to speak to all these amazing people. It's, <laughs> it's an amazing experience. But anyway, like I started following her and listening to her and it just, it made sense. And then I started studying it. And I recently realized there is not a single source in French for this. And mm. mystic astrology has not landed yet. And it's research that was started, I believe in the nineties, like the, the foundational texts were re-uncovered which is interesting because in the Middle East, like in Arabic astrology, then didn't really have a break. Uh, so like from the Roman Empire all the way to now, 
they had like a sort of a continuation, but for us, that was like a massive break because of Christianity, which was uh, very normative for a whole, you know, number of centuries. And I just realized, yeah, like on YouTube, there isn't a single person who makes videos about that. There are only modern astrologers and very few. And I'm like, yeah, like that, that is something to bring to the French. So yeah, yeah. all that to say, I hope that holistic help lands I'm I'm luckier here in Austria than I would be in France with that because mm. there is a lot more uh, a lot more um, appetite I would say from people for everything natural and maybe a bit esoteric as well. When in France it's just like you know point blank rejection that everything that's not chemical is not true, mm. and it's just that's unfortunate. Yeah, it, it's it's very unfortunate. Yeah. I'm just I'm really happy that I don't have to live too much in like this amount of toxicity. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and like freedom and empowerment and holistic um, knowledge and inquiry for all of those humans that are still occupying that land, and may the doctors and like yeah. all those people who make the decisions awaken to realize and like actually do some true looking into. And what I want to say as well is that. Um, there was, you were saying that someone like one of the healers that you're working with, she was talking about how it's not her. It's like you doing mm -hmm. the healing. What I'm yes. saying is like, it's not me. It's like the energy in which I'm bringing the energy in which you're bringing, but then the, the element in which makes me a little different than some people is that like, I believe that it's God, like mm -hmm. God is coming through and doing the healing. And it's like, maybe like, cause I work with prayers. Like I do prayers when I'm working with people, like I get right into like just channeling and talking straight to God. And mm -hmm. so that's what I really do believe. And so, and listen, you saying that like, it takes like 10 to 20 now, 10 years to get from us to, to French or to Europe, to French, yeah. to France, to Europe, like there's Kronos time, which is like our chronological time. And then there's Kairos time, which I believe mm -hmm. is the time of God. And so like, may we be in Kairos time now, you know, like may all the things that we need and all the things that will allow us to like live full, healthy resource lives happen quickly, happen like in a miraculous minute, you know? And that's right. what I really, really believe in. Like with all of this stuff happening, people are like, oh, this is going to happen. Or like, why isn't this happening? And I'm like, I believe I see all that is happening. And I'm also speaking Kairos time, Kairos power into this mm -hmm. here and now. Like there is so much power that we have through that stream. And that is why, like, I have like if you look at my bio, like I have had lots of religious and spiritual study, and I continuously come back to the stability post of Christ and like and God mm -hmm. and like knowing and believing in that and moving through that. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but like in the last two years, there's been like this new age implosion of like these new agers going to Christianity and like all of this stuff happening within the new age movement. Have you been aware of that? No, Have you witnessed I, that? I'm not aware of that. Maybe you can tell me a bit more. I mean, I'm aware of the yeah. new age movement, but really the, not the recent developments. So I'm really curious. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, it started, Stephen Bankars was like, he was the one that I think created like science mind and it was huge and he was making like fifty thousand dollars a month and he was like big into new age and like peddling i'm gonna use peddling mm -hmm. peddling it out and like everyone was eating it up and then he had this um rock bottom moment and his mom was like are you willing to accept christ now because he grew up christian and all of that stuff and he was like actually yeah you know mm -hmm. and then he like started to change all of that and more like doreen virtue i don't know if you heard of her but she was like yes. 
all about the cards and everything like that. And then she was like, I'm not doing any of these. She basically wanted all of her stuff off the shelf because she turned to Christianity. Uh And so the new age community, like it was just like, oh, those people are crazy. You know, like that that I heard about a bit, but that's, yeah, Yeah. I didn't really make sense of it so far. Yeah. So everybody's just like, they're crazy. And I'm like, well, the actual question would be like, what actually is it? What did they see? What did they know? What did they find out? And one of the things with like y'all, people who are listening, feel free to go look at Steven. I'm not promoting him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think he's like a really good thread for the new age people to like to know. So I'm just using this as like an example. Right. But there's, a, he, there's just one thing I need to tell you. There's a little, a little okay. rule on this podcast that if someone's name is mentioned, I have to invite them next. <laughs> And that's actually how you arrived here because Charmila Medici mentioned you in episode three. Yes. So yes. <laughs> Dorian Joshua is going to get an email. Uh, this, this man, what's his name again? Steven Bankars. Yeah. Steven Bankars is going to get an email. <laughs> he might not say yes, but that would be interesting. Just be careful who you mention. It's okay. Like, but honestly, no. I, I love getting new names. I mean, I, I was not aware of you until Shamila mentioned you, and you're awesome. So, yeah, like, bring it on. No problem. <laughs> okay. I love oh, go it. ahead. So, what he discovered through his, um, through his research were that the roots of the New Age movement were the roots of the New Age movement were satanical. And so uh-huh. like through that and like, and again, I'm not, go look at it. There's a lot of research online. And so, but that thread is what came in the last two years within the new age movement is that all of these people started to question like, wait, this is false light. This isn't real. This isn't true. And so they turned to Christianity. And so it's like creating these like really radical people who were like very narcissistic in new age now coming over to Christianity and it's just been this interesting thing to watch and so my prayer to like these people who are bridging these gaps is like actually take time to like sit and be with God you know like really be with the word of God you don't have to perform you don't have to say anything like take time and quietness and really learn because you don't know you know you have no clue you have no idea um, and just like being able to slow down in that instead of like feeling like you need to like start proclaiming all of this stuff and like trying to like, you know, pull people to the light side. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was wild. Like people were, they didn't know who they were anymore. It was like the whole thing with Donald Trump and thinking that he was like going to win the election. And like a lot of those people were along with the new ages. And so that like rocked their world. So it was just, it's wild. And I'm like watching on the peripheral, but also a part of these communities that are like their worlds are just exploding and so me I'm like I've always been cool with Christ I've always been centered in Christ and watching this happen I'm just like wow this is wild <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just trying to follow as you say it and trying to connect uh, the dots in my head with what I already knew and the, the new information that you're bringing like that makes me think of this thing called pastel QAnon for some reason because it looks mm-hmm. a lot like new age stuff uh, but mm-hmm. it's super toxic and um, yeah, I'm just trying to like make sense of all of that. So my, my brain is not exactly connecting the next question. right now. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's one, fine. One thing I that I've, that... Yeah, one thing I've been thinking of as you were speaking is a spiral dynamics. Have you uh, studied spiral dynamics? Because it's new to me. I've just uh, fallen into that uh, rabbit hole like a few days ago. 
And it's, it seems that it explains a lot of the things that I wasn't explaining before. So I wonder if you were fine, like familiar with that, with like the meme and the different colors. Will you speak more about it? Let me see if I am aware of it. Uh, so you're talking more about it. There is this thing called spiral dynamics. I will completely mm -hmm. butcher the whole concept because I'm completely new to it. So apologies to the listener yes, and to you. you. Have grace. Um, <laughs> yeah, originally I was looking for the work of Ken Wilbur uh, then because I okay. found that he had created it, but uh, no, actually he didn't. Um, the person I believe who wrote the book about spiral dynamics is Don Beck. I think, uh, and it's from a philosopher who was called Claire, and I forgot his last name. That's really that bad. That's how new I am. Okay, um, but okay, basically, okay. anyway, they make the case that every human goes through stages of development that mm -hmm. they represent by with different colors, and everybody starts at um, what they call beige. It's like the basic survival, and then mm -hmm. it goes in a spiral, and you have the uh, cool colors for all. Like it's always basically moving uh, between two polarities. And one polarity is the me polarity and the other polarity mm -hmm. is the we or the collective. And then mm -hmm. as you evolve, you will evolve towards, you know, more, more egocentric. It doesn't have to be egocentric in a bad way, but more like centered mm -hmm. on self and then more mm -hmm. towards centered on, centered on community or on group and then more towards self again and then more towards community. And then it, it goes on like that. And I think the yeah. colors are beige, purple, red, uh, blue, orange, green, and then you have the second tier, which is yellow and turquoise. But then they were explaining that it's not so much that, for example, feminism is one particular color. You can be a feminist, and depending on the reason why and the motivations, you could be a lot of different colors. So you could, for example, be a green feminist, because green is it's actually the, the meme that is a, a meme that's very dominant right now, which is the idea that different uh, different people have different beliefs and different like background and that they're all equal. And the biggest problem we have with this situation is that we often don't really reach conclusions because there isn't a conclusion that would fit for everyone. And because there is no accepted hierarchy, there just is not much being done. Uh, but you could be a feminist and be green because you think that all humans are truly equal. You could mm -hmm. also be a feminist and be orange. So the orange are more like self-centered and more oriented towards success. Like all most entrepreneurs are orange or like have predominantly orange thinking. You could be a feminist and orange because you would think that, yeah, like I'm a woman and I, I want to be successful and I want to be like the first woman to do this or I want to like, you know, and that would be your motivation. It would be a completely different polarity. You could be doing it in a self-centered way or in a community-centered way. And like pretty much every movement that you can think of you can find a way of putting it in any color it's really interesting it's kind of blows my mind yeah. i hope i'm not explaining it in a weird way because <laughs> like i'm saying I'm, I'm new to it but i think it will just it expands my thinking so much i love hearing and feeling your passion and like yeah. you're saying like i'm just getting into it i don't know and so thank you for explaining it to me and it feels and seems and sounds like things I know and have studied and it is just it seems like this framework of social social dynamic and relational and personality like all coming into one and it's like mm -hmm. this way of being able to identify yes. as a me and also how to how to be able to like move in and out of the we of it so yeah it feels very familiar and I love that you have found it and that it's like I I think that anything well I'm not gonna say anything 
But I think that we have been provided with many resources and tools to be able to work and thrive yes. here together. I, I, I totally so, feel that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, it's like talking about so, what, you, what you were saying about Donald Trump and, and the like, religion and like all of that. That sounded so much like mm -hmm. the blue meme. The blue meme is centered on the collective and it's basically the idea that you have to sacrifice yourself to either get benefits later or so that the community would benefit. And mm -hmm. that's, that's like a stage of evolution that's between two, like it's, it's a collective stage of evolution. And I was, and a lot of uh, people, especially the, the orange one are very much against the blue meme because the blue meme does not mm -hmm. really want to be successful or doesn't feel their own self. And mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, like the whole thing with the followers of Donald Trump that makes me think of that. I don't know if yeah, that makes any sense. It's, yeah, it does. I, I really don't know. It's almost as if like 2020 locked so many people into these mind prisons. We call them Skinner boxes where like uh -huh. people are just like in these Skinner boxes where they don't want to get out. And it's like, and in that all of this division happened, especially with like the pandemic, like all of these people are just like, if you're this person, you just need to die. And I'm like, right. whoa. Yeah, that's pretty bad, right? Happening? Yes. And it's, and it's like, and it's a poison. It's, it's like this toxin that's taken over this mm -hmm. world. And it's, and it's like, wait, time out. Like this is a red flag. And if there's a higher flag than red, like that's the one that we're at. Like, this is a cause for pause and to really right. reflect on self of like, no, this is not okay. We don't want to treat each other like this. And to be this extreme or this extreme, they're both an issue. They're both problematic. Right. So, so yeah, yeah. In spiral dynamic, that would be like the green answer to the blue attitude. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me in the middle most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, be, but is, is it comfortable? Because I find it, well, not always, but like I'm the only person I know locally who is neither pro-vax nor anti-vax. And it's mm -hmm. a very uncomfortable position to be in because every, both groups think I'm against them somehow. <laughs> I've managed to like make myself less rough on the edges just to like every group thinks that I'm with them now. Yes, so I'm like, yes, okay, great. Yes. <laughs> I don't feel very much yeah. in integrity, but at least I have peace. <laughs> That's the thing with like the disposition of people just making assumptions. It's like people just assume that you're, you're with them, you know? So it's like, Hey, for me, I like to stay in truth. So it's like, if someone mm -hmm. asks me, I'll tell them what I think. So there's no need for me to just go around using my word energy, my verbal energy for no freaking reason. Like, yeah, hey, I don't want to get into a debate. <laughs> I don't want to get into a debate. Like, if you want to talk to actually like hear what I'm saying and understand it and like maybe you're curious, yes, we can talk mm -hmm. all day. But if you want to just like argue a point when I'm already seated in like my decision for myself, then it's like that's or, or like you're seated for your decision and yourself like I just want to respect it and move on right. it's like don't tread on me I won't tread on you you do what you feel is right for you but don't try to make it like a for a form for everyone yes yeah that's a lot yeah. of people struggle with that so much yeah it's, it's really hard yeah. but I, I feel like we've circled back to actually one question I wanted to ask at the beginning because you said that you will do any work as long as it feels aligned mm -hmm. and I, I wanted to like just have you speak a bit more about how how alignment feels and also that goes together with boundaries because you know mm -hmm. when you're aligned it's not as easy to sway you away but 
um, I would say most people don't really have the kind of strength and conviction that you have in your alignment. So if you could speak mm -hmm. a bit about that and perhaps give a little or a few tips for the listeners to help with that, because it's a very frequent uh, situation for people to just not really have this feeling. Yeah, I'm going to say what really allowed me to be in my center was knowing that like I didn't need to come from like this wounded healer of like, oh, like I must save everyone or like I must help everyone. I must, I'm here to help my family to save them. Like once I retired that story and was like, wait, this isn't all on me. I actually have like, mm -hmm. God is here for me. It got me out of like thinking that everything was me, 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 very narcissistic and self-centered. Like I was able to be like, actually there's someone else for you. You know, right. like there's someone else that can support you. There's someone else that can help you. And I don't mind giving you references. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, um, or like if I'm working with someone and it's like, do this modality instead of this modality, then I can move from that. It's the same centeredness that allows me to be able to flow and to be able to say no. And so um, I think that I have like a, a leg up almost because I worked in mental health. And if you mm -hmm. have no boundaries in that world, you will right. deplete yourself. Yes. You will be burnt out. You will be ran over. You will be in a mental hospital, you know? And like, mm -hmm. I was very clear on that. And so I had to be boundaried up and it took a lot for me to learn that. And so, and it doesn't mean that I then become this rigid person. That's just like, no, right. It's like right. being able to truly know what is a yes for me and what is a no for me. And that takes practice. And I always tell people that like in the beginning, you may err on the side of being rigid but just mm -hmm. always allowing grace to come back, you know, like you can always say no and then choose to say yes later, you know, right. but if you say That's yes and it's not a true yes, yeah. If you say yes and it's not a true yes, then you'll have all of those like- Yeah, you can say no later, but it's going to be much harder. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be what I would say. And and um, for me personally and in my professional career, like, I used to be like, I used to teach Reiki. I used to like be, I used to teach at a Reiki school. I used to be in an ancient mystery school. I used to like, I was initiated high priestess and like all of these different things. And I taught the, the teachings of the school mm -hmm. and I like got initiated as a shaman within the school. And I was like, wait, none of this, none of this is actually what I need to be doing. None right. of this is right for me. And even when I would teach Reiki, like I would tell people that, you know, it isn't like I would always turn them back to the truth, even when I was teaching it. And then like, even in my healings and like doing like we would do within this ancient mystery school, we would do like DNA repairs. We would do like all of these clearings of like attachments and like all of these things working in these other dimensions. And I was just like, wait, <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. And so for people who, cause I feel like the world is hungry for God, like the world is hungry and searching for a Messiah. And so they get lost in these gurus. They get lost in like plant medicine. They get lost in all these things, like searching and trying to quench this thirst. That's like, actually none of these things were created for that. So it's like, if we can pause and discern that if we've been doing the same thing, we've been down this, this like plant medicine trap, we've been down this, like going to these same like personal development things for 10 years and we're not actually getting the results that we want. And I mean, sustainable, mm -hmm. long-term results because I was right. in one of those communities like deep in them and you may have results for three months but what happens when you're no longer plugged in to that so mm -hmm. it's like these addictions that we get lost in so it's like if we can actually take time to pause stop stop all things reevaluate like really be with ourselves 
then we can remember like our truth again. But if we're constantly being covered up in all these things, all these teachings, all these searchings, then we're just collecting and covering it more and more and right. more. So yeah. pausing, 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 pausing. Yeah, it tends to create a lot of clutter. Like I'm very interested in all different modalities. I think they're probably right for different people. Although once the mm -hmm. narcissism kicks in, um, it becomes complicated to sort out what's what. Um, but yeah. I do find that if I learn more techniques, I do end up with more clutter and then I become less able to use them, uh, which mm -hmm. is um, a problem. <laughs> I mean, I do yeah. get long-term results. Like we've, I mean, every year that passes in my life is better than the previous one. Uh, which mm -hmm. I'm afraid not everybody can say that, especially currently with COVID having just, you know, turned many people's world upside down. Um, so I'm, I'm yeah. grateful for that, but it takes so much mindfulness. It's, yeah, it's it pretty, does. pretty impressive. Like, yeah, I would agree when you say just, you know, take, taking a step back and being just, you know, posing and being mindful and just finding the, the real truth uh, if you can, or leaning yeah, towards yeah. what's calling you basically. Like my, my word yeah. for 2022 is lean um, because mm. I want to trim away the fat and just get rid of the things that I don't need as well as also lean into uh, the direction. And it's, it's a practice, right? It's not really something that mm. it's one and done. It's just all the time. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> it is a continual lean, lean in, lean out. Um, yes. I believe that for me, like what was really important for me is that I was doing all of these certifications from this place of like, as a black woman, I need to prove that I can do like, that. I'm, well, that's I'm a bad certified place to, to do these things. Yes. You know, it's not, it just was, it's not good. It's not bad. It just was. And so that was the place that I was operating. But low key from. toxic, like not good or bad, but low key toxic. <laughs> it's cultural. It's as right. a black woman, the culture says, this world says that like, yeah, you are not good enough. So it's like, it's, it's yeah, even, even worse pairs than other people. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, so anyways, it's, it's a um, it's first plague. But anyway, yeah, you agree that it's <laughs> yeah. being not good enough is not good. <laughs> well, no, I just want to continue from, from what I was saying. So yeah, you're fine. So I was coming from that place of like, I need to prove I have to like, there is literally proof that in this world as a black woman, you have to have like five times more than like a white woman, like right. to prove that you are capable. And so like, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to have these things. Like I need mm -hmm. to be able to show that I can sit at the table and not just like, God has equipped me with these gifts. Like, this is enough. It's like, no, I need to have this certification. I need to have this certification. Right. And then you, you go out into the spiritual world beyond color. Like people live like that from like, I have to prove, I need to prove, I need to do all these things. And then it becomes this addiction of like, oh, it's my personal growth. And so when I woke up and I was like, actually none of, and then it became this like egotistical thing that like, oh, I'm this, I had this initiation and oh, I'm that. Like when I woke up to those realizations, I was like, I don't need any of these things. God has already equipped me with these gifts that I have from me. I don't have to cover them up with another name. That was the first reason why I got attuned in Reiki was because I had these healing gifts that moved through me. But I was like, if I just say that to people, they won't understand it. So I'm going to slap the name Reiki on it as I'm doing these things and it'll allow people to understand it, which makes sense because people mm -hmm. do want to know what yes. they're getting into. So it's like, all of those things. And then when I was just like, no, I'm going to move from God and I'm just going to do what God is having me to do. And that gave me like the true freedom. It's like, none of the other stuff was like toxic or anything. It was just what I was moving through, what right. I was like, where I was and where I was like, what allowed me to like learn things, you know? Mm -hmm. But then when I realized that like, Hey, it's okay. Like just move from what is innately in you. 
And I can say that that's not true for everybody. You know, like everybody, I feel like there was this thing that was going around and I've always believed this, that so many people are trying to steal other people's gifts, other people's Mm -hmm. missions, other people's visions. It's like, we don't all have the same one. So like if Sally Joe down the street is like this masterclass teacher that's teaching people how to sell things online, like that's not also what you're to do. So like, that's another Mm -hmm. reason for pause of like, wait, what is my medicine? What am I here to do? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And I I feel that's so relatable. I mean, I'm not a black woman myself, uh, although as a trans person, (laughs) I do feel like I'm never good enough either from a social point of view, uh, because we do have a bit of like a visibility struggle, which I guess is also the case for black women. I mean, you know, not as represented as any other group really. So yeah, something we have in common, I guess, not saying that it's the same, not at all, but it, it feels related. Yeah, some degree. yeah, yeah, it, it's not the same. It isn't the same. Like there's one that's no, absolutely this historical, not. Yeah. this historical struggle. And then one that is like, it, it also has been around for some time, but it's like newer and gaining traction. And I think that like, that has been something like when I identified and like was in that whole community, that was something that like I always struggle with with like, how to be able to represent both you know like how to be able to stand up for like the rights of black people and the voice of black people and also like the queer community and it's like these are two separate experiences and they are not the same but as someone who actually has like lived in those experiences it's it's tough to be able to move in and out of them and i'd like i would have conversations with coworkers that are trans like identifying or non-binary and it's like Mm -hmm. there we aren't the same we aren't having the same experience what you are having like the experience you're having is very valid and it's very real Mm -hmm. and I like and it sucks and I look forward to like a world where an internal system where like it doesn't have to be like that and also black people have been going through this whole thing for so long and I want there to be like, I want there to be equity. I want there to be not even equality. I just like, I want reparations, you know, like, yeah, like that would be good. It's not mutually exclusive either. You have people who are black and queer or black and trans. Right. That's what I was speaking into so, yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It was like the both of them. Um, but yeah. then like, even in those bodies being black and trans, you're also black. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> you know, like, you're black you can't you can't hide that you can't just wake up one day and be like I'm not I'm not black you know um you can't wake up one day and be like I'm not trans no matter how like cis cult cis it's easier to hide so uh, I mean you know yeah I I remember when I was dating a black girl I was like yeah like if we compare our situations it's easier for me to hide it than it is for you obviously (laughs) but yeah yeah there's no hiding that's what I think about when I think about um like the Jewish my Jewish friends and like Jewish community they're like oh I'm Jewish and like yeah that was that was atrocious you know like Mm -hmm. that was terrible what y'all experienced and I know people who came to America and they changed their last name and you would not know they're Jewish you don't have that privilege as a black person and and like I don't want to like I believe in the power and the empowerment of black people I believe in like there are so many black people that are walking this planet that have done wonderful things, are doing wonderful mm-hmm. things, are making great amounts of money. Like we're not victims and it would be um, illogical and delusional to deny like the history of what is still alive. In our right. World. Of course, because it's still ongoing. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Se- so. Perfect segue. And we're almost out of time. So that's a perfect segue to my traditional second okay. to last question. Ooh. 
okay. <laughs> which I ask to everybody and is uh, is it getting better like are things getting better do you see an an uptrend do you see an upswing in in the situation in in general for your community for the people you work with for well for you personally I'm guessing you know you're a very empowered person so you're probably going to be fine either way but in general like are things getting better for the world I don't know if I would use the word better um, and I also, there are so many variables and so many dynamics and so many things that go into the evolution of our society. So I really, I can't speak to if things are getting better, but what I do know is that people are getting bolder, people are getting wiser, people are pulling on community more if we're choosing to. And in my community, I'm seeing that. And people are like pulling on their roots more to be able to be healthier and to know and to be wise. So I do know that those things are going and I hope that like we all rise together, but I cannot see everything to say that we're getting better. That would, that would not be, I can't speak to that. I'm starting yeah. to see a trend among my, among my guests and having asked the same question to everyone. And I mean, I don't have a very <laughs> big sample. This is just example 10, but because, <laughs> because the answer you gave is so similar to the answer that Joris Lushen gave. And I think you're the only two black people that I've had so far on the podcast not the only two people of color because i've had mm -hmm. other people but i'm starting to see a trend that perhaps black, black people we tend to give a more nuanced um answer and other people tend to answer more towards a clearer yes and i find that so interesting yeah. i don't know if it's true yeah. I mean, maybe it's just random but what do you think about that yeah. i don't know if it's like racial i just think that like some people want to lean to like the the goodness like some people live in these like bubbles of like everything's good everything's positive but it's like i live in reality like right. and i also believe in the good and the power but i know that this world is too nuanced to think that me and my and my like just mindness can see the mm -hmm. entirety of everything and to say an absolute yes like that would not be wise i mean it's, that would it's not be wise. really absolute but it's more like yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> It's because I don't know how to answer it myself. Like, I mean, I know that yeah. for myself, I will be fine either way. But yeah, yeah like when I look around, I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, what are the variables? Like, what is tomorrow going to bring? What I'll say is like, at the end of 2019, I had a vision that like something very traumatic was about to happen to us and uh -huh. that we all needed to know like these fundamental ways of survival. And I mean, that's all I talked about to my friends for the last two months of 2019. And they were like, you're insane. What are you talking about? And I'm like, no, I feel this coming. Like I felt it coming. And Green so vision. I went into fast. I went into yeah. fasting and I was like, okay, ready. Didn't know what it was going to look like, but it's like, here we are. Right. So it's like, I didn't even like people who are oracles. It's like, you can't, there are so many variables that will happen from second to second. And so I'm just like, I don't know, but like, I believe in Kairos time and I would love mm -hmm. for miracles to continue to happen. I believe in miracles. I believe in goodness. I believe in God. And like, we're going to all see. <laughs> all right. That's, that's a great conclusion. Wait, I have lost Imani. Um, this is annoying. I will see too if she comes back. Um, because I wanted to ask her where she can be found, but either way, there will be a link in the description, uh, in the in the um, show notes below or in the description on YouTube. 
So in case Imani is really lost uh, and she doesn't come back, I will say thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining us. It was an amazing episode. So if you've enjoyed it, please leave a review on your podcast platform or a comment on YouTube because this will help us find more listeners and also more awesome guests like Imani to make more awesome episodes. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you in the next one.